what if we find ourselves saying, I would never have wanted to do X, Y, or Z, but he made me so mad that, fill in the blank. Anger takes control, derails us, knocks us off track. How do we avoid anger? And when it does hit, how do we make sure we stay on track? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks. Growth-oriented, Parsha-related Torah podcast. We're up to the double-header Parsha of Matos Masay, the concluding Parshas of the Book of Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers. And within the Parsha of Matos, we have Israel having gone to war against Midian, avenging the great spiritual damage that Midian had, had generated against them. They've avenged Midian, gone to war. When they come back, we find a challenge between Moshe and the military leadership. Moshe is distraught, disturbed about what they did or didn't fully do. And the text describes by Yiktsof, he was angered. The result of that anger our sages point out, is that the next ruling in the Torah is not taught by Moshe, but rather by Elazar, Elazar the high priest. Why not Moshe? Moshe forgot the law. The anger threw him off track. The anger detached him from that which to Moshe was so natural, Torah, Torah knowledge, that is Moshe. But he was derailed and not able to go further due to that fairly fleeting anger. But the Vayikasov, the anger, disrupts, destroys, derails, and the next comment has to come from Elazar rather than from Moshe. Nobody's eager to be angry. Many of us recognize that angry is not, not healthy for ourselves or for others. But out there somewhere, hopefully nobody in Tachos Talks lands, but maybe some of the people that you know or some of the people that they know, sometimes it happens that anger does get the best of ourselves. Our commentary is described that by better appreciating the hazard of anger, driving home to ourselves the message of its danger, we can then be motivated to take steps. And let's look today a little bit about the, the damage and some of the steps that can help get us back on track. Kas, anger. The Talmud describes Kolakoi, somebody who's anger as if he's an Oved Avarazara, as if he's worshiping foreign gods. He's a pagan. Anger? Pagan practice? What's the connection over here? But think about it. If we let temper take control, we let temper dictate, who are we serving? Are, are we responsive to what it is that God's wanting us to do? Or are we letting something else govern us, take control of us, and dictate what, in fact, we will do with our lives, or at least with our moments, at least in that short window of time when the anger has taken control and the person who unfortunately has a pattern of anger taking control, it can be far more than a little window, something else is running the show over here. We've got to avoid anger. Anger, aside from, we recognize today, even having taxing the physical system, stress can destroy us and we can be such more healthier places without stress. It's a fascinating Rambam. Ramban describes the Messianic era. Rambam and Ramban have a debate as to how miraculous the Messianic era will be. And Rambam understands that it's not necessarily miraculous at all. The world can be the world basically as we know it, 
with the significant change that man has come to recognize objective truth, objective good. And that will lead to all types of radical quality of life changes, but it does not have to be something that is Garden of Eden-like or functioning in an extraordinary, supernatural manner. But, he says, this that the Talmud describes, the man can live a thousand years in the Messianic era, that can happen without the supernatural. How so? Because as Rambam describes, if you take away all of the stress factors, when man comes to recognize objective good, objective truth, there will be no terrorism, there should be no war, be no aggression, no unfair business tactics, and therefore no illegitimate competition. The world will be a place of good. Again, functioning as our world functions, but imagine a world where we don't need to put any money toward military, toward police, and all that goes toward education, all that goes toward health. And he says, you take away the stress factors, man can live enormously longer than they currently live. So much of what taxes our system are aspects of stress. Anger is certainly a big one among that, but there should be no anger if I have nothing to be angry at. So says Rambam, you take away the stress factors, we could live a thousand years. People used to challenge this Rambam and say, well, it sounds ridiculous because, okay, so you took away the stress factors, but the body parts can't last that long. Well, we're in a world today of 3D printed knees and hips. And okay, so just like your car, you've got to go for an oil change every five months. Maybe we'll have every 50, 70, 100 years, you go for some body part changes, but overall, the personality can continue on. The person continues to live. Okay, so maybe with a few replacement knees over time and hips, etc. But we see from this realm of this idea of the damaging effects of stress and anger, certainly an element that many of us detect is stressing out our systems. And what a shame, because it's so unnecessary. If we can recognize that that's anger and it's coming from a troubling place, and I want to sidestep that, and there are techniques to do so, we can eliminate those stress factors. There's an intriguing comment from the Sefer Hasidim, the Sefer Hasidim, a very early, very, very significant work, that describes that not only is the person who is in a state of anger, not only is he exuding some type of a, a negative force, so to speak, but even the one who looks at the face of the one who's angered, when we observe the person who's angry, we're bonding with that anger, and that is damaging to ourselves as well. On a very simplistic level, we can understand that we get stressed and we observe the stress. I think he's talking about something on a more metaphysical level, but anger, we know that it can be, quote-unquote, contagious. It can trigger other people's anger. It can trigger the, the ruination of somebody else's good feelings and, and, and destroying their uh, current you know, peaceful mind, mode and mind. And we're doing ourselves a disservice and so many others as well in that state of anger. Aside from the person whom we, again, assuming if we're angry and it's not with absolute legitimate cause, the person that we're angry at, we're needlessly destroying their day, hopefully only their day. Techniques to minimize, to avoid. In this very same parsha. Where Moshe got angry, we learned something from the very next phraseology. In the work of Naim Torah, the author describes that 
it seems to be uh, redundant because it describes that in Moyiksof Moshe and Moshe get angry, and then it continues Vayomer Moshe and Moshe said. You would have expected to say, and Moshe got angry and he said. Why mention his name again? And Moshe said. He describes that it's stressing that there was a shift. There was a Vayiksof Moshe and Moshe got angry. In a technique to step back from that. There's a new stage called Vayomer Moshe, and Moshe spoke. But the word Vayomer, in Torah, we have Vayomer and Vayidaber, different terms for speaking. Vayidaber is often associated with a certain harshness, strong words, uh, very uh, deliberate and very uh, well, precise, but it's not so much the issue of the precision in terms of the accuracy of the words, but coming down with a sense of very, very powerful statements. And Vayomer generally a softer approach. As such, the Vayiksov Moshe, shifting to Vayomer Moshe, is that Moshe immediately employed an anger management technique after experiencing that failure on his part, in a relative sense, of course. And his angry anger, he shifts to Vayomer Moshe. I need to now talk extra softly. I have to be extra cautious. Even though he's addressing the people to whom he is angry, He's, a, he's still angered at them. He's still frustrated with them. But to protect that this not get any further ramifications, no further explosion, no further damage, steps it back with Evayomer Moshe. And now he talks to them in a Lashon Raka, in a soft manner. And this is described as an important technique. When I find myself disturbed and angered and starting to explode and my pitch is getting higher and my... A volume is getting louder to try to pull back and slow down and speak in softer words because that's going to impact my behavior, impacts my emotion. So if I, if I myself am getting carried away and building up tension, it's going to keep snowballing further and further. But if I can calm down, slow down, even while I tell you why I'm angry at you, I am not allowing the anger to take its independent control. This idea of the speaking softly, others understand, trying to go to a further level of to insert a pause, to shift to silence. The Pelayoites, an encyclopedia on different concepts in Judaism, when dealing with uh, this issue, says that shtikab esakas, if you can find a way to simply be silent, you're angered and quiet, don't say anything for a period of time, that period of shzika, that period of silence, is kamayim la'ish. That is like putting water on the fire. You've got a fire, toss that water on it. You've got anger, toss silence on it. Smother the anger in silence. For whatever period you're capable of doing to try to see to it, the more water you put on the fire, the more successful you will be, the more silence you can administer. And lock in that pause, that will be of benefit as well. The work Otsu Satora describes other, other great sages who added this notion, again, the silence, and if it can't be the silence, at least leading the talking to be in a manner that's more calm, the manner that's more soft, the manner that's closer to that silence as being of great, great benefit in that direction. The quotes um, over that the Orchos Tzadikim mentions uh, speaking with nachas and kamwe's bekol namuch in a soft voice, again, is a similar techniques to offset the buildup of the anger.
Ideally, never getting to the point of anger. If we're at that stage of that anger, to try to detach, silence, period of time. And if not that silence, at least speaking more softly. And I should comment, what's happening during that silence? If during that silence, I'm just counting, okay, I'm ready to explode and I'm just going to pause until I explode. And I'm still in the mindset of explosion. I don't know how much help silence will necessarily do. But if instead, let's use this silence to say, okay, let's do some deep breathing. Let's do some counting. Let's do some type of shift, some distracting thought. Now, a very, very healthy step, which may or may not be doable, would be to immediately try to inject something positive. This person is so disturbing me, as we talked in our last week's podcast, about the idea of finding something positive about the person. That would be a very healthy step if I can do that right now. Depending how angry, may or may not be able to shift track so quickly to find something positive. But at least distract yourself and derail that challenging, angry emotion. And as much as we can, plugging in positive vibes during that pause. Pulling this all together, if we can be the type of people that are aware of the risks, recognize the hazards of of anger, concerned about the devastating effects, and therefore doing all we can to avoid it in, in the first place. And then when it does strike, if we find ourselves with that temper brewing, we're just kind of losing it to shift tracks, that silence, plug in that distance, that barrier against the anger, that, that extinguishing factor that's like that water that extinguishes the fire, as we described, pulling as much silence as we can, hopefully mustering up as much positive energy during the silence, or at least that significant pause can't do that. At least we have a comment we need to be sharing, do it in a softer tone, develop within ourselves that calm and kind of rewriting, rewiring the emotion that's happening internally at the moment. Doing so, moving us away from the anger and radically reducing the effects of the anger, radically reducing the, the length and the duration of any periods of anger and certainly thereby becoming the type of people who are living lives much more calm, stress-free, will certainly be tools that can help catapult us to the type of people who are far more likely to achieve Aratachlis.